0: Well, I'm having a little trouble with my voice, so just bear with me. Trouble, uh, uh, turning in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 1. We're continuing our study of the history of the nation of Israel. We're focusing on the kings. We've been seeing it going all the way back to 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel with Samuel to, to Saul as the first king and then David. David's still alive as we go into 1 Kings. It's about to come over to be Solomon. And when you think about this, you think it's two men. You think of David, a man after God's own heart, just an incredible man. And then we think about Solomon is called the wisest man who ever lived and we're going to look at both of these people and of course when you think of David I think of just a warrior and a great man and a psalm writer and and just a, and then you look at Solomon and you say well Solomon was so amazing and what he wrote and he was a powerful king and rich and everything but he didn't end very well and, and we're going to talk about that as we go through his life you know it's, it's one thing to start well but it's another thing to end well we'll talk more about that as we see his life uh, we're near the end of David's life, and he's a great man. He's sick and dying, and I said many times, I, I can't hardly picture King David uh, sick and dying, but he is, and there's some confusion. Who's going to rule after David? We all know it's supposed to be Solomon. Well, who will rule? Is it Solomon, who's David's choice and God's choice? Or is it going to be Adonijah, which is one of David's sons, who picked himself to be king? What's going on? There's conf- there's confusion and conflict And what we're going to see is we're going to see an issue of the foundation of being the truths of the Word of God and then the communication. So we're going to talk about leadership with the the key of the foundation and the communication, and we'll talk more about it as we go through it. I've got some questions that we want to raise as we talk about it. Why is communication so important in our relationships? Why is there so much conflict and confusion at the end of David's reign? And what part does God's Word play in leadership, and we'll see it as we go through it. Well, most of you, many of you have probably heard of John Maxwell. He's a writer. He's probably written 30 books. Almost everything he writes deals with leadership. He has a famous saying that says, uh, everything rises and falls with leadership, and the truth is when you think about home or business, school, church, leadership, that's the key, Without leadership, they're, they're, it's hard to have direction and unity. And when you think about the key in leadership, it's the foundation and communication. So think about it. The foundation for us is the word of God know what to do, and then the communication is to proclaim that. And so as we look through this, we're going to talk about leadership having the foundation of the truths of the Bible and then the communication of of, of telling out those truths and living out those truths. So we'll see that as we go through this passage. There's really a lot there, and we'll see it. I, I think about the leaders that we have at this church, not only elders and deacons but staff and then also people who oversee all the different ministries. We've got some incredible leaders, and they do such a great job. As we look at... This first Kings, we're seeing a transition from King David to Solomon. But there's, there's a problem. David is not leading. Now, when you think about David, I think about David, how great he is, great he was, so to speak. But he's not leading at this time. He's sick. He's in the bed. He's old. Adonijah, one of his sons, has decided he's going to be the king. And he's set out and said, I'm going to be the king. He's declared himself king. He's got people to be with him. And all of this is going on. And this is going contrary to the Bible. And so what we're going to see is David must give leadership one more time. We talked about this last week, that there's two things that David can do. One, he can just say, I can't deal with this. I'm old. I'm tired. I'm not going to fight Adonijah. I'm just, I'm giving up and I'm going to die and I'm just going to let it happen. Or he can say, I know what is right. Solomon is to be the king, and I'm going to make sure that happens. We're faced with the same things. Sometimes the easy thing to do is just to go with the flow. And the hard thing to do is to stand for Jesus Christ in a fallen world. And it is easy to just say, oh, I'm not going to deal with that, or I'm not going to fuss on that, or I know that that's not really right, but that's just the way our culture is. That's just the way the world is. That's just the way things are. But it's harder to take a stand for what's right and to say, I believe the Bible, and I believe God's Word, and we're going to hold strong to that. So David is going to have to do some leadership. And this morning, the conflict Adonijah seeks to be the king, and Solomon has already been selected. So as we think about this, we're gonna talk about leadership, we're gonna look at God's word, which is the basis for leadership, and communication, which is vital in leadership. And let me give you that sort of our little outline, even though it looks like a lot of verses, uh, because we'll start uh, about verse 13 back in number, but that's kind of the flow, David grows weaker, Adonijah claims the throne, David gets told about Adonijah, and what's David going to do? What's David's decision? That's down at the very bottom. So we'll go through it fairly quickly because it's a real fast narrative. Not a lot of hard things in there, but uh, we'll see it. So as we begin, let me remind you, David is old and sick. Now you say, how old is David? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I I don't think David's that old, but he's old in the Bible. Um, He became king when he was 30 years old and he ruled for 40 years. So how old is David? He's 70 years old. For some of you in this room, some of us, we're older, than, we're older than David. But David is dying. And 70 years old back in those days, that's, that's fairly older. They're getting older. And so David has lost his strength. Remember, he's had a hard life. I mean, he was a shepherd boy and then became a great fighter and a warrior, becomes the king in all kind of battles, all kind of everything. So David's an amazing man. He's not taking much leadership toward the end because he's in bed. He doesn't know what's going on. Adonijah, who is his fourth son... Down the list, other sons are gone. This is the fourth son. He's taken the opportunity to take the throne. Now, it's already been known. Nathan the prophet had already told, it had already been decided by God that Solomon would take the throne. And by the way, Adonijah knows that. He knows that God says Solomon is to be the next king. Now, David's not, uh, Adonijah's not gonna do that. He says, I'm gonna be the king. So who's gonna be the king? Is it Solomon or Adonijah? there's no leadership, no communication. What's David going to do? Is he just going to lay in the bed and say, I'm too tired to fight this battle? Or is he going to get up and stand strong? What's going to happen? Well, we'll see as we go through there. Let's see what's happened. In 1 Kings 1, 7, Adonijah has gathered those with him. Look at verse 7. Adonijah had conferred with Joab, the son of Jura, and with Abithar, the priest, and following Adonijah, they helped him. Adonijah says, I'm going to be king. He picked Joab. Joab was David's general. David has rejected Joab because Joab is not a man of character. And so Joab now says, I'm going to go with Adonijah. Abathar, one of the priests, there's two priests at this time, Abithar is going with Adonijah. We have no reason why he did this. He just did it. And so it looks like Adonijah's getting everything ready. He's planned a big feast. In verse 9, it says, Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zoheleth, which is before, besides Enrogel." And he invited all his brothers and the king's sons and all the men of Judah and the king's servants. He's got them all coming for his big party. But notice verse 10. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, the mighty men, and Solomon, his brother. He didn't invite Nathan or Zadok. Nathan is the prophet of God. Zadok is the other priest. Beniah is now the new general, and Solomon is to be the new king. So you can understand why he didn't invite them, and so now there's the conflict. Is it going to be Adonijah, Joab, and Abithar, or is it going to be Solomon, and Beniah, and Zadok, and Nathan? Who's it going to be? What's going to happen? What will happen? Well, as we saw last week, Nathan realizes what's going on. Nathan is the prophet of God. Nathan is the one that got the revelation from God that Solomon would be the king. Adonijah is now made public. He's going to be the king. So Nathan the prophet goes to Bathsheba. If you remember, Bathsheba is the mother of Solomon and the wife of David. And she, he goes to her and says, you better go talk to David and tell him what's going on. Because we know that if Adonijah becomes the king, Adonijah will kill Solomon, Bathsheba, and most likely Nathan. And so he says, you better go in and see the king. Look at verse 13. This is where we ended last week. <clears throat> he said, go at once to King David and say to him, Have you not, my Lord, O king, sworn to your maidservant, saying, Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on the throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? So you're supposed to basically go in there and say, What's going on? Why is this needed? Why has he become the king? What we see is the problems. There's no communication. Nobody knows what's going on. Is it Solomon or Adonijah? And David has not taken the leadership. So she really says, Did you say that? I thought it was supposed to be Solomon. Why is Adonijah becoming the king? That's what's supposed to happen. So look at, uh, and then by the way, Nathan told her, you go in and say that to David. While you're saying that to David, I will come in and I'll say the same thing. Because in that day and time, you had to have two witnesses, remember? Two witnesses, two to three witnesses to make a matter true. So he says, you tell David what's happening. I'll come in and tell David what's happening. So let's look at verse 15. So Bathsheba went into the king in the bedroom. Now, the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was ministering to the king. Now, you remember what happened? We talked about it last week. Not going into details. David's old. He can't get warm. They have this idea that they're going to get a young, beautiful, virgin girl, bring her to get in the bed with David, and keep him warm. That's the plan. It doesn't really work, and David has no sexual relations with her or anything, but she's in the bedroom there. Now, how would you feel if you're Bathsheba, You're the wife of the king. You got to go in and talk to him. But he's in the bed with another woman, uh, even though they're not doing anything. So she's got to go in there. Now, let me just say something else. You You don't just go in to see the king. Most of the time, you're invited to see the king. Even if he's your husband, you're invited. So she's going in to see him, which is sort of a big deal. He knows that when she comes in to see him, she must want something, so watch what happens. So, so Bathsheba went into the king, went into the king in the bedroom. Now the king was very old. Abishag the Shunammite was ministering to the king. Then Bathsheba bowed and prostrated herself before the king, and the king said, "What do you wish?" He knows, you know, she's not coming in there just to come in there. Uh, she's wanting something, and he wants to know what it is. So David still can think. David's still okay. Uh, David should take leadership especially now and maybe he doesn't know what's going on where well, he's fixing to find out watch what happens verse 17 she said to him my lord you swore to your maidservant by the lord your god saying surely your son Solomon shall be king after me and he shall sit on the throne so she says didn't you say didn't you swear that Solomon would be the king Isn't that what you said? And you can see David saying, well, yeah, that's what I said. Of course, that's what I said. And then she says, now, verse 18, behold, Adonijah is king. And now, my lord, the king, you do not know it. Says, Adonijah has made himself king, and you don't know what's going on. What she's really saying is, you need to wake up. You need to find out what's going on. You said be king. Adonijah's named himself king. You got to do something. And what is David going to do? There's been no communication. The foundation is the Bible. The word of God says Solomon be the next king. They're not looking at that. Communication is the key. The truths of the scripture must be proclaimed. David hadn't done that. So what's going to happen? We know this, that if Adonijah becomes king, he will kill both Solomon and Bathsheba because he didn't want anybody to have any part in claiming the throne. So, she goes on and gives a little bit more information. Verse 18 again, Now behold, Adonijah is the king, and, and now my lord the king, you don't even know it. He has sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance. He's invited all the sons of the king, and Abathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army, but he has not invited Solomon your servant. Now, notice who he's brought together. He's got a party. They're having a big festival. They're bringing all these animals in. They're going to have sacrifices. They've got Abathar there, who's the priest, who's offering the sacrifice. You've got Joab, who's the general. You've got everybody coming together. They're all there, and he's he's going to announce, and he's announcing that he's now the king of Israel. And you can see David saying, Joab is with him? That scoundrel. I knew I couldn't trust him. I love him, but I can't trust him. Abathar, the priest is with him? Why would he go with him? And so she tells him that's all that's going on. And, and who are these? There, there's been no communication. And, and listen, listen, here's the deal. The key in leadership, it has to go back to God's word, and it has to be communicated clearly to others. When you think about a church, what is our foundation? It is the word of God. What is the key? Communicate the truths of the scripture to each other. That's what it's all about. In this whole kingdom here, what is the truths of the word of God? Solomon is to be the next king. What must be communicated? David must stand and say, Solomon is the next king. That's what's got to happen. Is David going to say, I'm just too old to fight this. Or is he going to say, I will take care of this let me just say this about older people David's older there are many of us in this room that are older sometimes when we get older we say things like oh look I've already done my part let somebody else do it no you haven't don't slide for home run across the plate say I'm going to live my life for the glory of God to the very end I'm going to stand strong for Jesus Christ because it's real easy when you get older to say, well, I've done my time. Let these younger people do stuff. No, you do your stuff with your gifts, your talents, your ability. And what we're saying to David and what she's saying to David is, are you going to stand up and do something about this? Didn't you say Solomon? Yes. Why is Adonijah the king? You've got to do something. And regardless of our ages, old or young, You got to stand for Jesus Christ right now. So watch what happens. So verse 20, she says something that is amazing. As for you now, my Lord, the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my Lord, the king after him. She says, all on you, David, everybody's waiting to see what you're going to do. You got Adonijah over here. You got Solomon over here. There's no communication. What's the right thing to do? What's supposed to happen in our churches, in our families? You've got to have the basis of the word of God, and it's got to be communicated. Leadership must take charge. There must be communication so people can understand, and a basis for us, of course, is the scripture. And look what she says. Otherwise, it'll come about, verse 21, as soon as my Lord the king sleeps with his fathers, when you die, that I and my son Solomon will be considered offenders. That means we'll offend the king, and he'll kill us. He'll put us to death. Wow. Remember, Nathan, is, uh, Nathan the prophet's outside. He's waiting for her to tell and what he's going to do is he's going to come in to see the king. So watch. David's going to come in and confirm the story. Um, Excuse me. Nathan's going to come in and confirm the story. Verse 22. Behold, while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in, and they told the king, saying, here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came before the king, he prostrated himself before the king with his face to the ground. Now, I want you to understand that when Nathan, the prophet, came and they said, the prophet's here, he said, Bathsheba, you leave. And he made her leave and he made Nathan come in. We'll see it in just a minute. So now Bathsheba is out there and she's hoping and praying that whatever Nathan says is going to be the same thing she said and that David's going to listen and he's going to stand up and do what is right. That's the real question. So look at verse 22, so while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. They told the king saying, here's Nathan the prophet. When he came in before the king, he prostrated himself before the king with his face to the ground. By the way, the king is powerful. The king is the strength. The king is the representative of God to the nation. You understand that prophets spoke for God to the people. Priests spoke for people to God, but the king was the representative of God to the people. That's why it's such an important position. That's why it matters whether it's going to be Solomon or Adonijah. What has God said? We know it's Solomon. So see what happens. Look what Nathan says, verse 24. Then Nathan said, my lord, the king, have you said Adonijah shall be king after me and shall sit on the throne? Nathan said, have you decided that Adonijah shall be king after you? He's basically saying, I didn't think it was, I didn't think that. I thought you'd already said it was Solomon. He's questioning the plan. Is it Solomon or is it Adonijah? He goes on to say, for he has gone down today and he sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance. He has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army, Abathor the priest, and behold, they're eating and drinking before him and they're saying, long live King Adonijah. He said, did you plan this? Now, I think he knows David didn't plan this. I think he knows that David is sick and he knows that David needs to stand up and do something. And sometimes in our Christian lives, we're sick of this world, but we need to stand up and do something. We need to stand strong for Christ in a fallen world. And so he says, did you, did you plan this? Is this your plan? They got a big celebration going. And then look at verse 26. But me even your servant and Zadok the priest and Benaiah the son of Jehodiah and your servant Solomon have not been invited. They left us out. Nathan, Zadok, Benaiah and Solomon. See, they left them out because Nathan's the prophet, Zadok's the priest, Benaiah's the general and Solomon's the king. Of course, they're going to be left out. Have you done this? Who is to sit on the throne? There's got to be some communication of what God has decided. Look what he says. Has this thing been, verse 27, has this thing been done by my lord the king? Have you not shown to your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? He said, I, I thought you already said Solomon. If you made a decision, Have you, are you changing something? And as I said earlier, we're to do what's right rather than what's easy. And David could easily say, I'm too old to deal with this. But David's going to have to stand up. And it's real easy for us to say, well, just go with the flow. Don't make, don't make a mess out of something. Just, just let it go. No, there are times to stand for the truth. There are times to do that. Will David stand on God's word that Solomon is to be the next king? Will he take the leadership and communicate these truths? We find in our lives this is the truth. Our families and our churches have to be based on the Word of God and clearly communicate it. Our family, how are we going to know what to do unless the family goes back to God's Word and it's clearly communicated? How does the church function if we don't go back to the foundation of God's Word and it is clearly communicated? So what's David going to do? Wow. Watch what he does. And king David called and King David said, Call Bathsheba to me. See, she's been out, she's been listening, probably. She's probably been up like this. Wonder what they're saying. What's he doing? Then King David said, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came in before the king's presence and stood before the king. The king vowed and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from all distress. Now, what David is saying is. God is my strength. God is my redeemer. God is my savior. God is my strength. He has been with me. He has redeemed me. That's a a salvation term, by the way. We're redeemed by the blood of the lamb. We're redeemed when we believe in Jesus Christ. David was redeemed when he believed in the coming Messiah. He said, God has redeemed my life from all distress. He's bought me out of everything. Surely, as I vowed to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, saying, your son Solomon, shall be the king after me. He shall sit on my throne in my place. Now watch. I will in do, indeed do so this day. He says, if I've, David communicates, as I've already vowed, Solomon will be the king. We want to clap and cheer. David says, no, no, no. We got to go back to the word of God and we've got to communicate it to the people because this is what God says the response is the plan is to make solomon the king i love this part then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground prostrated herself for the king and said may my lord king david live forever that's a nice way of saying you know i hope you keep going for a while but i want solomon to be the next king when you die david's not going to live forever But there is a king who will live forever. There is a greater son of David who will sit on the throne forever. There was a promise back in the garden in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of woman would come and crush the head of the serpent. That seed of woman is the Messiah and the Savior. And then in Genesis chapter 12, there was a promise to a man named Abraham that his descendant, would be, the, would be the savior of the world. And that was passed from Abraham to Isaac and Isaac to Jacob and Jacob down to Judah and then promised to King David. Second Samuel chapter seven, verses 12 through 17, that from David, his greater son would sit on the king of Israel forever. And that greater son is Jesus Christ. And when he came the first time, He came to Israel, and he offered himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the nation of Israel as a nation rejected him. And he came to die, and he died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again to conquer death. He ascended to the right hand of the throne of the Father, waiting until it's time for him to come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, we know he's going to come in the clouds, take us out, but one of these days... He's going to come to this earth as the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's going to rule in righteousness and justice for a 1,000 years on this earth and then for all eternity. And King David, who his wife says, may Lord King David live forever. And Well, you're not going to be the king forever on on this because only Jesus is the king forever. But in Jerusalem, when you look in the Old Testament, in Jerusalem, during the 1,000-year reign, Jesus Christ is the king of the world in Jerusalem. And under Jesus Christ, ruling is King David. So we're going to get to see him someday. So what does David do? Verse 32, then King David called. He said, call me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came into the king's presence. David's plans, bring in the new leaders. Now I want you to see what he says. The king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord and my son Solomon, let him ride on my mule, bring him down to Gihon. let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him as king over Israel and blow the trumpet and say, long live King Solomon. David stood up and did the hard thing, not the easy thing. It could have been easy to lay on the bed and say, I'm not getting into all this. He stood up. He said, we're going to do it. You guys go out there. You get Solomon. And then he did something really a little bit unusual. While he's still alive, he's putting Solomon on the throne. That's why it was really weird that Adonijah claims to be king because David's not dead yet. But David does something that you won't see happen. He says, put my son Solomon on the throne today and call him king. Now, before we end, just so want to. Can you imagine what Adonijah's doing? They're having a party. Got sheep. They're shearing sheep. They're eating. They're having a big party. They got Joab there. They got Abathar there. They got all kind of people there, and and they hear some. They hear some noise, and somebody says, "What is that?" And a person comes running, and they said, "Do you hear that noise?" Says, "Yeah." What is it? Uh, David has just named Solomon as king of Israel. What do you think all the people of that, that party did? They took off. What's Adonijah going to do? He now realizes he messed up big time. We'll see what happens next time. Let me give you some applications. And let's realize the problems that develop when there is no leadership. So first of all, husbands in their home, the men have got to take the leadership. We know that. Men and wife together, they complement one another, but God has placed the man as the head in the home. He is supposed to lead by the Scripture. He's got to communicate the Scripture. That's what husbands do. And so, men, are we leading our families? And in the church, God has raised up men to take leadership in the church. We've got to have godly men being raised up out of the body, and we've got some incredible men. I just want you to know that. Uh, incredible men in our church. First Timothy 3 uh, and Titus one I'll actually actually tell... The characteristics of men to take leadership in the church. And so with this idea, let's realize that, that when, there's, when there's problems when there's no leadership. So what do we really need? First of all, the foundation for leadership is the word of God. That means daddies, fathers, you got to know scripture. You got to lead your family and communicate the scripture. When we think about the church, the, God's word is the basis for our lives and our leadership. And so we think about the leaders at our church that we need to be praying for our elders and deacons and then the people who head up all the different ministries and the staff. All of those people are in leadership positions and we need to pray for those people. And the foundation has to be the word of God and the truths of the word of God have to be communicated. And that's why we must maintain communication with one another. And the communication is not only just talking with each other, but it's also sharing the truths of the word of God. Such great truths. David went to the Word of God, stood up and took leadership. Did not do the easy thing. He did the hard thing. He communicated the truth of the Bible that Solomon was to be the next king. You and I have a foundation. It is the Scripture. We must communicate that Scripture and those truths in our lives, in our families' lives, in our church's lives, and in this community so that people can know what is right, what is wrong, and how we live.